Hi, I'm Ebony Monet. And I'm Rick Schwartz. Welcome to Amazing Wildlife, where we explore unique stories of wildlife from around the world and uncover fascinating animal facts. This podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance, an international nonprofit conservation organization that oversees the San Diego Zoo and Safari Park. And we have a great show for you today. We're talking about a carnivorous reptile, the Komodo dragon. You will discover more about the world's largest living lizard and the challenges it faces. Rick, there are so many fascinating facts about the Komodo dragon, from its cool name to sheer size. Let's jump right in. Where do you want to start? Yes, Ebony. There is a lot to cover with the Komodo dragon, but let's start with the most impressive fact. They are absolutely huge lizards. If we were to measure from the tip of the nose to the tip of the tail, a female Komodo dragon can reach up to six and a half feet in length. That's a lot. But males can get as long as 10 feet with that same measurement. And pound for pound, they don't hold back. Females can weigh as much as 154 pounds. And males, get this, tip the scales sometimes at 300 pounds. And this is just a lizard. Wow. Komodo dragons are part of the monitor lizard family, which includes about 50 species of lizards that range in size. So why is it that the Komodo dragon is so big? Is there a link between its size and something else, like maybe its age or, or habitat? Well, there are several ideas out there as to why the Komodo dragons are so large. One of the more popular theories we have found is that due to no predatory competition and minimal human interference for thousands of years, the species grew and evolved to hunt native deer in the ecosystem. Go big or go home, right? But keep in mind, recently they have found fossils that show that lizards of the same size have been around in other parts of the world. So the theory may change as we learn more. Rick, what exactly is a monitor lizard? So the monitor lizard family is a group of different lizards that range in size and locations around the globe, mostly in what we refer to as the old world. So that's Africa and Asia. Some tend to hang around more wet environments. Some thrive in dry areas. Uh, Some get very large, of course, like our friend the Komodo dragon. And some not nearly as big and actually do well in the trees. This species intrigues so many of us, possibly because we like saying dragons. Where does the name Komodo dragon come from? It really is pretty interesting. Komodo dragons were unknown by Western scientists until 1912. Their common name comes from the early rumors of a large dragon-like lizard occurring in the Lesser Sunda Islands, including Komodo, which is one of the islands in the area. So, you know, hence the name Komodo dragon. And I can kind of see how the yellow color of the Komodo dragon's tongue flicking in and out kind of reminded people of the spitting fire of the dragon. So again, Komodo dragon. Speaking of the Komodo dragon's mouths, they're known for having a deadly bite. Can you tell us more about that? So this is something scientists have gone back and forth on for quite a while. The bite of the Komodo dragon is not truly venomous like we think of maybe a rattlesnake or a cobra bite. But due to powerful enzymes in their saliva and a lot of bacteria in their mouth, the reaction from the bite is similar to being bitten by a venomous reptile. Now, it's a very powerful bite, and as they dig those teeth in, that bacteria and those enzymes get into the wound and cause a lot of damage. Now, they'll usually release their bite and allow their prey item to wander off, but as time goes by, that bacteria and the pressure of the bite cause enough damage, that animal slows down and even stops allowing the dragons to catch up. 
So it may not be venomous, but it's deadly. Does the Komodo dragon have any other adaptations that makes it able to consume prey that's so much larger than its own size? Really, the answer is all in the bite. Because they're able to deliver that powerful bite and then kind of just sit back and and follow their prey because, unfortunately, that wound bleeds and leaves a trail for them to follow with that sense of smell that they have, and eventually they'll catch up to their prey. They're very strong and powerful animals, so when that prey item does go down, a group of dragons are going to really go in and have their feast. Rick, as you were telling us, the Komodo dragon's unique tongue has gained its comparison to a mythical creature. But how else do they use their tongues? Yes, very similar to snakes. We know snakes will flick their tongue in and out, and there's a lot of myths and legends around what that might mean. But the truth of the matter is, the same cells that you and I have in our nose to smell things, whether it's freshly baked cookies or something that doesn't smell good, those receptor cells are picking up small particles in the air that we're breathing in. So for snakes and Komodo dragons and many other species out there, flicking the tongue in and out picks up those same particles that you and I would bring into our nose. But what's different, that tongue then brings those particles to the roof of the mouth. In the roof of the mouth is an area called the Jacobson's organ, which is basically a cluster of receptor cells like we have in our nose. But for them, it's in the roof of the mouth, and this tells them what's in the environment. It's actually a very good way for them to follow their prey after they've made that initial bite. Unfortunately, as you know, the Komodo dragon is moving towards extinction and is on the red list. What is the red list and why is the Komodo dragon on it? The red list is very interesting. It comes to us from the International Union of Conservation of Nature, sometimes referred to as IUCN red list. And the red list of threatened species is a comprehensive list of the global conservation status of biological species from threatened, vulnerable, endangered to critically endangered. In the case of the Komodo dragon, they are listed as endangered, meaning the population is at risk of extinction. Some of the challenges the Komodo dragons face in the wild right now is loss of habitat, and some of that is due to residential and commercial development. Sometimes there's loss of resources as well. We can see overhunting of certain areas, even trapping of some of their prey items, which makes it challenging for them, of course, to survive. And then there's even the chance that we can see natural disasters hitting their area. Now, the good news on this What's always important when we talk about why species are facing challenges of possible extinction, we want to talk about, too, what is happening to help prevent that. So there's new legislation coming out to help protect and manage their habitat in the wild, which is always very valuable for any species. And there's also international work to see what can be done to prevent illegal trading of the species as well. In June 2021, the San Diego Zoo opened its brand new Komodo Kingdom. Rick, what can you tell us about this brand new habitat? Oh, yes, Ebony. Honestly, it was so awesome. I was lucky enough to be there the day that Komodo Kingdom opened to the public, and it is so cool. When people walk into this space, they're going to be able to explore the different environments of the Komodo Dragon, you know, including the beach, woodlands, and and the mountain highland areas. I mean, they thought of everything, and it's not just about our guest experience, of course. It's for the Komodo Dragons. They love their pools. One of the female that was there, she was kind of just sitting on her heated rock and joined the mister when we were opening to the public. It was great. You know, the media was there and everything. And it's all really just specially designed to recreate the dragon's native region where they can be found. Wow, I feel a little jealous. So a beach, a wooded area, mountains, with everything that has gone into making the Komodo dragons feel at home in this new habitat, 
Can we expect any sort of expansion? Will there be more dragons added? Maybe possibly like the pitter-patter of little dragon feet? (laughs) Yes. Yes and yes to all of that. Uh, They really did think of everything, like I said, when they were planning this and and building out this habitat. And one of the main things, of course, as we mentioned, Komodo dragons are an endangered species. So, of course, the hope, as you said, is to eventually have that pitter-patter of baby dragon feet. It's funny because we talk about that sort of, you know, like the pitter-patter feet. It's kind of joking, but it's actually a very serious thing. With many of our endangered species, including the Komodo dragon, we work with other zoos in what's called or kind of referenced as SSP. And that simply means the Species Survival Program for Komodo dragons. And there, every species that's out there pretty much in zoos has some version of this. And what that means is the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance and other zoos, we kind of all coordinate together to make sure whatever Komodo dragons are breeding and and when they're going to breed, we want to make sure we know everything about each individual. This gives us basically the best possible outcome uh, for this population that we're going to have in zoos. You know, we want to make sure they're genetically diverse, which is going to keep the population healthy. And why is the zoo population so important? Well, unfortunately, as we learned with many other species, should there ever be a day where they go extinct in the wild, this population in zoos will be what brings them back. So baby dragons sound so cute, but this is really serious. So there's a lot of research and in, in science involved. Yes, yes, indeed. Thanks, Rick. Now it's time for the San Diego Zoo Minute, an opportunity for you to learn what's new at the zoo. Are you ready? In February of 2022, the San Diego Zoo will welcome you to Wildlife Explorers Base Camp. Four acres of wildlife adventure, all with one amazing goal, to encourage young wildlife explorers to learn about nature, actively play, encounter new species, and develop an empathy for wildlife. At Wildlife Explorers Base Camp, you can interact, climb, scramble, and jump in innovative nature play areas. Visit habitats from around the world, from desert dunes and wildwoods to marsh, meadows, and rainforests. Learn by doing. And through a variety of -of one-of-a-kind experiences with animals, you'll connect like never before to the natural world and understand the importance of conserving wildlife. A world of explorative play and adventure awaits wildlife explorers of every age and size. Feel what it's like to be wild at Wildlife Explorers Base Camp, only at the San Diego Zoo. Fun fact, Base Camp at the San Diego Zoo will feature many species, ranging from leafcutter ants to sloths. Speaking of sloths, did you know two-toed sloths are nocturnal, being most active at night, while three-toed sloths are diurnal, which means they're most active during the day. We'll be right back. I've learned so much today about the Komodo dragons, and we're not done yet. The world's largest reptiles are a favorite among our young listeners. And today, we have a question from Soren. What do Komodo dragons eat? Komodo dragons are carnivores, meaning they eat other animals. So they will hunt wild boar, sunda deer, water buffalo, large snakes, and other animals native to the island. But if they come across it, they'll also eat some carrion too, which is an animal that's already passed. Are Komodo dragons related to dinosaurs? 
Are Komodo dragons related to dinosaurs? Well, Soren, honestly, just looking at them, you'd think they were. I can see why you would ask that. But get this, the earliest fossil records of the Komodo dragon goes back about 4 million years, which is really a long time ago. But dinosaurs, well, they went extinct about 65 million years ago. So there's almost 60 million years difference between when dinosaurs were going extinct and the first ancestors of modern day Komodo dragons existing. So, sorry to say, Komodo dragons are not dinosaurs. How long do Komodo dragons live? To the best of our knowledge, Soren, Komodo dragons live on average 30 to 35 years. And I gotta say, those were some pretty good questions, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to send those in. And hey, anybody else, any of our young listeners, if you have an animal question or two or even three, please send us an audio file of you asking your questions to wildlife at iheartmedia.com. Then keep listening to see if we answer your questions in an upcoming episode. And that's our show for today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe and tune into next week's episode in which we'll bring you the story of the king of the jungle, the gorilla, the largest of the primates. I'm Ebony Monet. And I'm Rick Schwartz. Thanks for listening. For more information about the San Diego Zoo and San Diego Zoo Safari Park, go to sdzwa.org. Amazing Wildlife is a production of iHeartRadio. Our producer is Nakia Swinton. Our executive producer is Marcy DePina. Our audio engineer and editor is Amita Ganatra, with assistance from Matt Stillo and James Foster. For more shows from iHeartRadio, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 